Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Nightmare. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper of the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable, and we may have some unexplaining to do tonight. And with me, all the way from East Bridgewater, is the blind Bobshire herself, Ian Kerrigan. Good evening. Good evening. And we're going to do some unexplaining? Uh, possibly. That doesn't make any sense. Well, it will when we're done. <laughs> Cool. That's awesome. In the fall of 1971, a white Ford pickup pulled up to a cattle pasture near Quantica City, Oklahoma. Carl, Mark, and Gordon worked as cattle feed distributors and were sent out to this remote area to pick up a feeder. What they found kept them silent for over 41 years. We opened the gate, which was barbed wire and no lock, and entered, Carl said. We entered on the property, which was covered with grass up to and over the hood of the truck. They drove through the tall grass to the tank, which sat close to a red barn, and got out of the truck. We realized the tank was almost half full and too heavy to load, Carl said. We decided to leave and drove around the red barn. As we did, we saw a large, two-story white house with no lights in front of us. The trio drove back to the cattle feed company. And the boss said he'd drain the tank and uh, they could pick it up tomorrow. We went to the location to retrieve the tank the next night, Kyle said. This time, we decided to go through the old uh, white house on the hill. And we brought our shotguns. I can't figure that out. (laughs) They drove onto the property. Have to be prepared, you know. I guess so. They drove onto the property over the path they had made the night before. They pulled up to the barn and towards the house. What they saw is burned in their memories. It was no longer there, Carl said. We walked up the hill where it stood. There were no signs of demolition, no foundation, nothing at all. What we all seemed to witness the night before was no longer there. We have talked to each other over the years, but none of us can explain this vision. What was it? Uh, English woman in France uh, seemed to step back in time during the American Revolution. An English couple in Spain uh, stayed at an oddly archaic hotel only to find it gone when they came back. What we're talking about are time slips. And here to discuss this topic with us tonight is one of the uh, most, oh, well, actually, the gold standard in ghost hunting, according to the Wall Street Journal. And, uh, an all-around very smart fellow, Mr. Steve Parsons. Yo. So, Yo. Steve, did you read, <laughs> did you read this? Uh, I mean, you, you heard this thing. Uh, this is an example of a, a time slip, a, a, a event or a location that you seem to be in, and then when you return at another time, it's no longer there, as though it had never been there. That's something I'm very familiar with, having spent 
um, together with my colleague Anne Winsper, the past 15 plus years investigating, um, and in fact only this weekend just passed, working for uh, a major American network uh, on the very subject, filming a program on the very subject of time slips. Wow. That's so, cool. Very cool. <laughs> so in your, in your 15 years of study, what, what have you uh, discovered? Uh, well, a lot of people have had them. Um, we've, we, we were particularly focusing on an area of Liverpool city centre that came to our attention whilst we had a BBC radio show. And um, we, we heard some accounts and so we put out a call via uh, on air and down the years we've received more than a hundred other um, accounts of people experiencing slippages in time in a very small area of Liverpool UK city centre um, we've also been made aware of time slips in other parts of the UK and indeed other parts of the world um, but these aren't new experiences for people. You know, uh, time slips have been occurring back, uh, for, for um, you know, they've been reported um, in the 14 uh, journals and magazines and in the weird pages of the newspapers for the longest time. Um, the most famous, of course, being the uh, events of Versailles, which took place in 1901. Right, which I actually wrote about that in my book, uh, Ghost of Day, and and that's an intriguing case. Uh, But there seems to be some uh, controversy about that particular case, and and that uh, uh, they've actually, some believe, that they have uh, been able to explain it. Well, I mean, the events themselves took place in August of 1901, when uh, two... Uh, academics, two lady academics, um, were on holiday. It was a warm, uh, it was a warm evening, and they decided, having some time, that they would visit Versailles. And they got themselves a little lost in the uh, vastness of the Versailles estate, which is the the estate of the French royalty. Mm-hmm. Um, as they they eventually wandered up to what they thought was an abandoned building and saw a woman waving a cloth out of a window um, and terrible feelings of oppression and dreariness um, came over them they began to believe that what they had experienced was in fact um, Marie Antoinette and the scene from her period uh, at Versailles um, while she was famously instructing the French people to eat cake mm-hmm. and it, they they then spent an, uh, a lot of years researching their, their own experiences and eventually they published a book called An Adventure uh, which has gone through a number of um, incarnations and a number of uh, Editions, because it was um, it became almost a bestseller. Wow! Yeah, I can hear you typing. On the other What's he typing in size ten boots? I I don't know. He's <laughs> <laughs> pounding away there. He's <laughs> kicking something to death. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean. 
the ladies were, were very convinced and they, as I said, spent a lot of years researching this and they believed that they had been taken back to 1789 um, and had experienced uh, Versailles and indeed had um, witnessed um, Marie Antoinette herself. But there's been, there's been um, based, different explanations put forward. Um, obviously that these people had had some sort of shared delusion um, the the events were actually um, researched by the Society for Psychical Research, um, who went through the evidence. Uh, they weren't the first people to research it, but the author, um, W.H. Salter, pointed out that the ladies themselves uh, had been the sole experiencers and the sole investigators of the phenomena. Um, and moreover, a compelling case for a different route through the Versailles estate had been proposed and that um, the evidence didn't really uh, hold up and that the SPR um, noted that the case was far from proven or far from demonstrated um, that anything unusual had ever actually happened. Well, how would you prove it, really? I mean... well. Well, How could you? Well, you couldn't. <laughs> you, you're absolutely right. You couldn't because only those two people had an experience. Now, they did talk to one another about it over the uh, the uh, succeeding years and in great depth. And, of course, went back. They revisited the, the uh, place. Both of them, interestingly, had had paranormal experiences before and after uh, the Versailles experience. Um, and one of the ladies um, in particular was quite prone to uh, different forms of visual and oral, aural hallucinations. So oh. there was, but as I say, there was, there was a number of people uh, who have investigated the events as, um, and remain to be convinced that there is uh, sufficient there. But as you say... Uh, right? But you always have doubters though, Steve, though, don't you? Well, you always have doubters, but... It, it comes down to a balance of probabilities. You had two ladies who had a very real experience. There's no doubt that they had an experience, none whatsoever. Right. It's it's how they then interpreted it, because what we're left with is their book, um, the one that they wrote, An Adventure, um, which was the sum of the decades of personal research into their experience before they wrote the book. So that, that has a reinforcing effect. So they became, in effect, the people that had the experience. So and then the judge, jury, and executioner of what actually took place there. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, you, it's all about the personal experience, so... Well, that's... It that, is what it is. That is <laughs> one of, I mean, that is the key and fundamental problem with, with mm-hmm. any paranormal experience, not just time clips. But one of the things that we were... Uh, we noted... Um, it, when we were investigating the Liverpool time slips, is that there was no real commonality or similarity between experiences for people. You know, uh, people would go back in time a different uh, to different periods, um, normally within around about fifty years, but they would go back um, twenty-five or thirty years, or ten years, or five years. And the most bizarre of all was one. Um, person who had an experience uh, of they they went back mere mere moments because as they were walking out of the store 
um, in Liverpool, they actually witnessed themselves walking into the store, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, which they'd done a few moments before. That's amazing. We couldn't figure. We looked at the weather. We looked at the the climate. We looked at all the factors that we could think of to see if there was anything these people had had in common apart from the experience itself was the temperature a particular temperature, was it raining was it dry, was it hot Um, and there was no pattern Um, there has been no discernible pattern and indeed that's often you know that's the way with all time slips there is no uniform uh, amount of time that people go back, there is no uniform weather condition, there is no uniform um pre-existing conditions that we can recognise that give us a clue as to why did people have the experiences. So we're left with a number of possibilities. Is it a genuine paranormal event in that time itself is slipping? And to a degree, physics doesn't Mm -hmm. disagree with that idea. Mm -hmm. Uh, or, Or is it something within the person? that's causing these hallucinations, these dream, these uh, experiences, or is it something within the environment? Is something triggering these experiences for people? Um, and we've pursued a number of different lines of inquiry down the years. Right. Just like a little, like a little, little hole, you know, a little hole in time. Yeah. But time sorts actually work both ways because yes, I don't, they do. I noticed that uh, when I was researching this, that, that article I read that, that they mentioned Stodod in 1935 saw airplanes that weren't uh, around till 1939. Oh, yeah. He, was, yeah. he was an aviator. Yeah, so Robert Victor Goddard. He was actually one yeah. of the senior commanders of the Royal Air Force. Right. Um, and he appeared, uh, he was flying over an aerodrome in Scotland. He appeared to, he, he described aircraft on the ground that were painted uh, yellow, and he described mechanics wearing blue overalls. Now, that in fact came true uh, four years later, um, because at the time he saw them, the aircraft were painted silver with a silver dope paint finish. And then later on, um, the aircraft that stationed at the airfield were, in fact, painted yellow, and the, the overall colour, uh, the colour of the overalls of the ground mechanics was switched to blue, but that, that was four years later. Hmm. Um, Liverpool, interestingly, I, I talked about this, this tight focus of uh, time slips, backwards time slips, um, in an area of the city centre. But there's an area just outside of Liverpool where there's been a number of forward time slips reported. Now, the problem with forward time slips, unlike the Goddard case, where he slipped forward four years and four years later people went, oh, yeah, look, you know, yellow aeroplanes, blue overalls. The ones that we've got from Liverpool, in fact, many forward time slips, um, we haven't reached a point in time where they claim to have slipped two. So we can't verify the accuracy of the claimant. For example, one in Liverpool um, described looking towards Liverpool Airport, which is a large regional modern airport, um, as you know, as you would find in any city. Uh, but they described it as a futuristic spaceport. <laughs> Um, now we haven't reached that point yet, so perhaps one day it will be a futuristic spaceport. Perhaps. <laughs> Intriguing. And it's amazing when, like a a group of people, like three or four people, it happens to all. You know, it's it's like they just walked into this pocket, 
And, you know, people, I, one of the stories I was reading earlier about people who went to stay in a hotel and stayed overnight and saw people in, you know, old world clothing and paid their bill and left the next day and then went back and it was gone, you know. When it's a group of people, it's kind of, kind of even more amazing. Group multiple uh, time slips are actually fairly rare. Um, they do exist. Um, perhaps the most compelling of all are the interactive time slips, where the person slips into an event and then becomes part of it, or the people who are there um, acknowledge the the person having the experience they interact with right. the person having the experience they speak mm-hmm. to them or or they step to one side to let them pass or some some other interaction occurs which suggests that um you know both sides you know both both parties uh, are um what's what's most frustrating of course is that we don't yet have any evidence from the time slips in the form of and we're hoping um, you know, one day somebody will have a time slip and have the presence of mind to take their iPhone out and take a picture. Right. <laughs> now, I know what you're going to say. You're going to say this guy went to travel to the future and took some iPhone pictures and brought them back quite recently. It was all over the social media. No, I'm not, actually. Oh. I mean, there are reports that, like, a Swiss uh, uh, watch was found in a Ming Dynasty tune, and, uh, uh, which is interesting. Yeah. And, yeah, that was debunked. Uh, yeah, it was debunked, yeah. Somebody lost it there. But uh, we have so many of it on the uh, uh, Internet, of course, which you take for whatever it's worth. But, I mean, for instance, the fabulous, you know, the famous Charlie Chaplin with the cell phone uh, it, the woman holding the cell phone. Uh, it, it is, is that possible that that was a time slip and that person was caught at that time and that time slip? Or... Well, anything's possible, but the, all, all of those things that you've described, which are regular on the top 10 proof of time slips on YouTube, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. they're always the same ones. Now, you know, people have gone to great lengths and offered really good explanations as to what these things are and what they mm-hmm. actually mean. Um, and I think, you know, we only ever see the same top ten, don't we? The, the, the Swiss watch from the Chinese tomb. I love that one. It, it's a cracker. Um, <laughs> the lady, you know, striding through um, with the Jolly cell phone, the, child, the, the, the girl walking out of uh, is it the aircraft factory in Los Angeles, appearing to talk to a smartphone, the, the hipster dude um, with his wraparound sunglasses and his T-shirt in the crowd. You know, they're all very well known, um, you know, from their regular appearances on YouTube, top tens, and and Facebook, and but they have all been, um, in my opinion, plausibly explained. Yeah, you know, I, I, I remember there was a there was a fight. I forget what the fight was, but there was a box imagined Las yeah. Vegas, and there was a camera there, and and they were given that as evidence. It was time slip because that camera hadn't been invented, but. Then that the manufacturer actually of this camera said yes, those that was a blah blah blah. I can't remember call what camera it was. Uh, it, they were available at that time. So uh, you know, the, people get this. They say, oh look at this, it's, you know, and then they they go from there and it gets on the internet and it's repeated over and over, and then it's believed to be true. Mm-hmm. Well, I think with that top ten, I think um, you know that they're, they're, they're interesting photographs. Um, mm-hmm. 
but there are much more interesting experiences that don't make the top ten. Um, and you know, Anne and I have s- spoken to people who've had you know first. We've, we've spoken you know to people who've had first-hand experiences of time slips. They're never as dramatic, um, you know, in terms of you know, oh the hipster dude mm-hmm. um, <laughs> or, or the Swiss watch, but. They are equally fascinating human experiences, and what we struggle with, and what uh, the big problem is, trying to find out what what is the cause. Now, some people point the finger at CERN and the Large Hadron Collider, and um, the internet recently is rife with people oh, examining right. what they call the Mandela effect. And this this gets its name from a, a vast number of people who believe that Nelson Mandela had died on Robin Island. Um, before and they have no recollection of him being released and becoming the president of South Africa. They, or, or they do recall that, but they said, "But he died." We definitely remember, you know, his funeral on television, and that's it, that's sort of expanded. I mean, if people want to go have a look for this on YouTube, the Mandela effect, M A N D E L L A, as in the president of the former president of South Africa. Um, you will see people swearing that the Kit Kat logo has changed. That they don't remember this particular movie. That the, that this particular other movie had different credits. All manner of things now. CERN, um, you know, has been accused of many, many things. You know, part of a government worldwide conspiracy, yeah. the creator of black holes, the end of the world, <laughs> uh, whatever. <coughs> you know, these are these are headline things that you know people latch onto. You know, um, but. You can't dismiss people's experiences, but what you can't find, or what we can't find, we can only speculate about, are causes. And there are some reasonable ideas as to why people might have time slip experiences. But we have to start off with the the most obvious one. Um, They are a genuine event where time does distort um, and people experience a slip in time. Mm-hmm. That they actually go backwards or forwards through time. Um, time, time is something that science really does struggle to understand. Uh, from the human perspective, we only view it very subjectively as an always moving forward series of uh, seconds, minutes, hours, days. We're born, we live through this cycle, and then we we. we die at the end of it and the next generation come along and we progress forwards but science doesn't view time in that way uh, time doesn't work for science in that way and in fact a lot of scientists still don't fully understand or will acknowledge that they don't fully understand how time works and, and, and reality isn't time just a man-made uh theory i mean it's basically we created time because uh we needed to uh uh, mock certain things, and we found by creating time, we were able to do that. Well, we didn't create time. We 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 created. We uh, created an, the an expression and an understanding. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. We we imposed our own limits on time. Um, mm-hmm. How we define a day. How we define an hour. How we define um, you know all the periods. Um, you know, we, we measure time in, in terms of generations. We measure time in, in hours or minutes. So we have to, you know, it's something that we experience, but 
how we describe it is is how we understand it. Exactly. But, but science doesn't really understand it fully, and you know, physics physics would um, say that time. You know, there's no there's no problem in, in, with physicists saying that time can go forwards, backwards. It's circular. Um, it can roll round on itself. Uh, it can do all manner of strange distortions. Einstein was a great believer that time travel was possible or time right. could be Physicists distortions. like Albert Einstein, uh, mm-hmm. Stephen Hawkins, Mikhail uh, mm-hmm. Kaku, uh, they all believe that uh, time travel is theoretically possible. In fact... Uh, well, it's I, practically I, possible. Yes, it, yeah. Uh, it, it has now because uh, we, we've already had uh, examples of that in, right here in Massachusetts. So um, we, yeah, exactly. Really? I mean, at, at, at the uh, quantum level, they they've managed to perform time. You know, they've done time travel. Exactly. They've had, you know, but this is this is at the you know the subatomic level. Yes, uh, we haven't we haven't you know the subatomic. Uh, Realm works very differently than the, the the world we inhabit. The physics is different for for both, but it's starting to work. You know this idea of electrons, uh, these these parts of the atom, um, and one of the interesting conundrums when they were when they were when they eventually got microscopes powerful enough to look at atoms and their individual parts, they noticed that the electrons kept disappearing and then reappearing and disappearing and reappearing. They were going somewhere else. Um, <laughs> but they were still there. Um, they were there and not there at the same time, which was a, a difficulty. Um, and it's been speculated that they're either hopping dimensions or are still there, but are just shifting time. I mean, you know, the only difference between where I am now and a dinosaur is what we call time. The location is exactly the same. This is true. Which is interesting because we even compare that to our ghosts. Because it, when you think of ghosts, if you believe, uh, you know that, that you know hauntings of the spirit haunts this place, and I mean they're basically sharing the same location, uh, but a different time. Oh, well, that's that's uh, interesting, oh. but we've got the we've got. I know we've got a break coming up, but yeah, that's a, a break right now. Actually, that's something I want to come to after the break. If yeah, I we'll talk about that after the break. You're listening to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation right here on Tojanet and Pararex Radio, uh, with Ann Kerrigan, Ron Kowak, and our very special guests, uh, Professor Steve Parsons from the UK. <laughs> we'll be right back after the following messages. <laughs> My name is Harry Price. I am speaking to you via the medium of the ghost box. Many of you will know I carried out the first live radio broadcast from Haunted House way back in 1936 for the BBC. Now, thanks to the wonders of modern technology, I am still able to keep abreast of 21st century ghost hunting by listening to Ghost Chronicles International on Togginet, Para-X Radio, The Ghost Channel, and even on something called a podcast. Two splendid chaps host it. One is an American who calls himself New England's own Van Helsing, although I have discovered his real name is Ron Kolek. The other is Stephen Parsons, and he's a paranormal scientist. Well, mustache, I am required elsewhere on something called a K2. But don't forget, I'll be listening in every Tuesday from 8 o'clock in Great Britain and 3 o'clock on the American Eastern Seaboard. I trust you will join me there. 
feel the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future? Then Circles of Wisdom is just the place for you. Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more, located on Route 28 in downtown Andover, Massachusetts. We carry a large selection of books and music, crystals and gemstones, jewelry and gifts, sage, aromatherapy, and so much more, all in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place, an oasis in this hectic world. Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ron and Ian and our very special guest this evening, Steve Parsons. Hello, I can hear you breathing. I know, I was just... Somebody's out there. (laughs) (laughs) Dead air, get out. Are they really? Actually, I was checking an Amazon order. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, pay attention. Sorry. (laughs) I know it's like midnight over there, but you know. After midnight. Yeah, he's actually talking about it's tomorrow. It's in tomorrow. That's there right. You go. Steve's already one day ahead of us. Right, so. he's slipping away. Anyway, a lot. Yeah, I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm getting there quicker, aren't I? <laughs> there you go. How can you be you and I talking to you now, yet you're in different time? Isn't that time slip? No, that's how we perceive time, isn't it? Because I mean, <laughs> what one of the curious things? How can you? We're actually Meridian. we're well, talking live, right? Well, we are, but one of the one, of the, cur- one of the curious phenomena of um, the way we have to define time is because the Earth is a globe. Um, some people might say differently, but yeah. because the Earth, but because the Earth is a globe, um, where the zero meridian is runs through Greenwich, which is the zero time meridian, um, and time is man-made. yeah, well, exactly. But um, on the opposite side of the globe, in the Pacific Ocean is um, a point 12 hours uh, ahead of Greenwich or 12 hours behind Greenwich. And if you cross it, um, if you fly from New Zealand to one of the um, Polynesian islands, you actually skip an entire uh, day as you, cross you that, as you cross that meridian. Now that's... that's uh, you that's go a, back in time or ahead of time? Depends which way you're going. Really? Yeah, I'm going to just keep doing that till I turn Well, on uh, New Year's Eve, um, I think, I think <laughs> New Zealand uh, operates a series of flights which go backwards. It's a, it's about a four-hour flight, um, but the flight actually goes, they, they fly it so it goes backwards and forwards across this meridian. Oh, that's so much fun. <coughs> which is a bit so anyway, just before the break, we, we began to talk if there was a correlation between time slips and ghosts. We were, and... It was noted uh, when we when we started to study time slips that one of the things that occurred to us is there is a remarkable similarity between time slip experiences and how they're described and haunting experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, they're so similar 
that perhaps time slips are really just ghost sightings or apparition sightings or Maybe. perhaps apparitions are really time slips. Mm-hmm. Um, they, mm-hmm. both have, they both have so many features in common. And rather like the poltergeist and the ghost, maybe the time slip and the haunting are just are on the same, you know, points along a continuum. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. or, or how we describe something, you know. Seeing an apparition of uh, Anne Boleyn walking, you know, the corridors of um, the Tower of London, for example, are you seeing a ghost a spectre of Anne Boleyn, or are you in fact slipping back through time, or is she slipping forwards through time? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the intriguing thing about that is, is, is we talk about the interaction there at times. I, I remember that Mark Nesbitt uh, told me this story about uh, I think it was the University in Gettysburg, uh, or the college down there, whatever it was, and there were two two women that were going home at night, and they got into the elevator and. Uh, the elevator went by the lobby and all the way into the basement. When they opened up the basement, the basement was filled of wounded Confederate soldiers and uh, men tended it to them. And then one of the men uh, saw them and started walking to them. And, of course, they pressed the button like hell. And uh, eventually the doors closed and, and they went up and they got the security card and went back down there. When they were down there, uh, it was all gone. But the, the thing about that was there was an interaction. The, the, the time slip, the spirit, or whatever it was, saw them. It was actually interactive where he tended right. to head towards them. Mm-hmm. So how would that fit into that theory, uh, Stephen? Oh, perfectly well. I mean, there are lots of examples where ghosts have interacted, um, apparitions have interacted with the people who had those experiences. Um, yeah, think of Athenodorus, you know, the, one of the very first ghost stories ever. Uh, yes. The ghost, the ghost story, came up. And, the, the ghost came up and insisted on, you know, follow me, and I'm going to rattle my chains until you do. Um, <laughs> and there are many, many more where people have experienced, you know, interactivity with the spectre. So again, you know, it, it, there are so many similarities. The problem it always comes down to: what is the cause? Um, and right. it, what is the cause of a haunting? You know, we're, we're in the same sort of uh, dilemma. Interestingly, um, and it came about as a result of uh, some work I was doing on my uh, PhD infrasound, uh, which was looking at causes of hauntings. Um, some of the work that was done in terms of environmental uh, infrasound. Uh, research was carried out in both Russia and Europe during um, the, the sort of latter years of the 20th century, and they were studying you know, how truck drivers, how the performance of truck drivers um, was affected by the uh, low frequency that was created by the diesel engine in the truck, mm-hmm. uh, oh. and then transmitted through the cab. And also NASA were, were looking at performance uh, indicators for astronauts operating uh, initially the um, Gemini and Apollo um, and latterly the shuttle. Uh, whether the, the sort of low frequency from the rocket motors would affect the performance. And what they did discover, um, and it's always been reported, uh, the famous Tandy thing that the, the infrasound makes the eyeballs wobble and people see ghosts. But what this, mm-hmm. this research was done on a large number of uh, truck drivers, um, both in the laboratory and in, in the cabs, is that exposure to these low-frequency um, sounds 
causes people to enter a sort of semi-dreamlike, trance-like state. Um, and in those, it's sort of a state of altered consciousness. And um, it occurred to me that what you might be dealing with in the terms of a time slip or sometimes that might just be waking dreams or daydreams and the number of people you know we we, we think that uh, these events are quite rare but you think of how many drivers have missing time events when they right. go past as they approach their intersection and then realize it was 10 miles behind them i've had missing um, time events uh yeah, in, in, yeah myself i yeah they're not that dissimilar to the time slip events. In people describe um, that they te- with the time slip experiences, they they often describe that they zone so some out. Some people believe that's UFOs too, but that's well, thing. yeah. Um, people describe zoning out. They describe differences in the lighting. They they describe a rush as they sort of snap back to reality. They're very very similar to these waking dream states that we know from the research that was carried out on on truck drivers and astronauts um, are one of the effects of exposure to low frequency sound. Now, this, this sound is also used, of course, in meditation. You know, this, this low-frequency repetitive right. sound you can buy on CD. It's part of the chanting that goes on to help people reach these states of deep relaxation. Mm. Right. Um, so perhaps infrasound might be implicated in some of the time slip um, experiences. And it's something that, you know, that research has shown doesn't affect everybody. It affects around about a third of the population. Mm-hmm. And... It might also give us a clue as to why there are so many differences in the experience. I talked earlier about some people go back a few minutes, some people go back decades. Um, Everybody's time slip experience is different. So perhaps everybody's dream is just different. It's very rare that two people have an identical dream uh, because the dream is constructed inside the brain or inside the consciousness or the unconscious consciousness um, <laughs> if that makes sense no. I can't say the brain because we don't know actually know it's a seat of consciousness no um, well but, yeah but that might explain the dramatic differences in why the two people in the same place have a different time slip mm-hmm. and, and they're intriguing I mean we, we, we talk we, you know time slips it's they're hard to even define as a particular thing because we have instances, for instance, uh, I, in my book, in fact, it uh, goes, goes today, we, I talk about a British uh, sailor who was uh, uh, killed on a, on a sinking of a British ship in, in the Mediterranean, and at that same time, he appeared to his mother in England. Uh, yeah, and, and you and I have discussed it before, where, where uh, airplanes have gone to a, a near crash, and uh, the person that, that is on this airplane will appear somewhere else. That's right. I mean, that could be a different phenomenon. There's, a, there's also the effect, um, oh, there's a phenomenon called bilocation, uh, which Padre Pio was quite good at. Uh, right, but and that world. could be a time slip as well. Where, where, it it could be, but what you've got there is a difference of location. Um, oh, rather that's than true, that's true, yeah. So... 
with the with your classical time slip, the location is fixed, but the time period changes. But, with right, the right. location events, the location changes, but the time stays the same. In well, that. we're talking basically the same theories, and, and I think, anyways, and, and it's, you're, you're right. That's the difference between the two of them. Well, who says it can't go either way? Well, it, that, exactly. I mean, it, that's the difference. In one, the, the location stays the same, but time slips. In the other, time slips, but the... The, uh, sorry, the time remains the same, but the location varies. They're just two sides of an equation. Um, so, yeah, we don't know. Um, we just don't know. Now, there are some time slips or time slip experiences that break that rule of dreams, you know, this idea that uh, destroys that hypothesis. Right. And uh, I, I believe um, some years ago I was... Um, part of a, a time slip event in which there was material corroboration of some anomaly taking place. Uh, we were investigating, uh, we were looking for um, ghosts in a churchyard. Um, I'd like it, the church was uh, dates from 900, the year 900. Mm. Uh, and it's out in the middle of country, <laughs> Cheshire. And um, we were waiting for a phantom funeral procession to appear. Oh, I love those. And uh, <laughs> and and another apparition. And what we did was that Cal again. And another. Um, Not me. So what what we did was we set up um, an audio recorder because one of the phenomena that we were interested in was a sound phenomena. So we set up an audio recorder just outside the church entrance, and we retired um, a few feet away. Um, and I spoke the day, the time, etc., to the recorder. Um, the two, three of us that were there, um, I then lit a cigarette, and it almost immediately uh, started to rain quite heavily. There had been some thunderstorms earlier, and so I uttered an expletive, threw the cigarette on the floor, and went <laughs> to get the tape recorder out of the rain before it got damaged. Uh, it was a digital recorder. Um, I didn't want to get it damaged, so. Barely two two minutes, barely two minutes since I'd set it up, um, and the rain came down. Um, so we we retired to the car as the storm approached and came over us. And I, while we were sitting in the car waiting for the, the storm to pass, I I replayed the the recording, all two minutes of it, or so I thought. Except the recording lasted. 21 minutes awesome. <laughs> awesome and at the start of the recording is me giving out the date and the time and at the end of the recording is the group of me um, the other two that were with us muttering about uh, shouting about the weather and get the bloody recorder in and let's get to the car And now one of the beauties of the digital recorder, uh, the one we were using, is it records, because it was designed for the broadcast industry, it records a time frame, a time code, so it can be linked to, um, and you're working in, in television and would understand. Um, and it was possible with software to look at the time code to see if it had been disrupted or disturbed, um, you know, had it been paused. No, it was a continuous 21 minute recording of an event that the three of us experienced in one to two minutes. So let me ask you, let me ask you this. Uh, of course, every, every good digital recorder records the uh -huh. time time and date on it. And was the time and the date 
It's parasites. It's absolutely set. So was it set for two minutes or 21 minutes? No, no. I'm, I'm no so it, when you picked it up and you looked at it and it said it was no, 9.30 no. when you said it was, believed it was only 9.02, so that was that no, like that? no, no. The time code is actually recorded by the device and it counts the number of... Um, it, well, it counts the, the duration of the recording um, very precisely, so they can be aligned to frames of a camera. So right. you can record the, the you can record the sound on one device, and then you can directly uh, synchronize it yeah. with with a, a camera. But I, I don't think you're answering my question. Well, I am because that's how you that's how we determine the length of the the recording. Right, I understand the, how you determine it, but but the the, the the thing I was asking you. Right. Does your recorder display the time? Yes, it, it date stamps and time stamps. Okay, it date stamps and time stamps. So yes. when you picked it up, was it 21 minutes past the, the time you dropped it, or was it two minutes past the time you dropped it? When we oh. picked it up, we didn't look at it until we got to the car. Um, oh, so that just... it, it was a case of grab the recorder and okay. run it right. the car. That's, that's the point I was trying uh, to Steve, but, the date, but the date and time were accurately set because we... we yeah, no, we, I, I don't doubt that. I, I just was <coughs> curious about what, what it actually showed on the recorder itself. Well, I, I say it's, it's, a, it's, it's a secondary display anyway, so you would have had to have pressed a button to have looked at the, the, the date okay. stamp. Okay, all right. So it, it wouldn't have been displaying. Now... Um, we didn't even look at wristwatches because uh, uh, a little before it was just after 8 p.m. in the evening, um, we we set the recorder. I'd said I'd looked at my watch and said the time and the date uh, for the recorder, even though it's like, uh, time stamping anyway. Um, then we I walked six or seven feet um, to the church door and lit a cigarette. I. <laughs> Not even half a cigarette, and I threw it. I had to throw it down and run to go and get the recorder back. Um, you know, we had we had the cigarette butt um, still smoking. We had the recorder, um, and we had twenty-one minutes of recording. Yeah, I totally understand that. I, I was just curious. I was just curious if that would have. You know, if if it would have affected the recorder itself on, on the time display, that was that was my concern. Yeah, well, go ahead. I'm sorry, we had no way knowing. Yeah, okay, I understand that. Well, so my yeah. question: So you have this now, two minutes that has turned into twenty minutes that you were recording. What no, happened in show. those twenty minutes? Well, the recorder just runs normally, and it's recording what appears to be normal sounds. There's no silence on it. There's no sort of long um, dead no- dead noise on it. Mm-hmm. It's recording the normal background sounds that we would have expected to have been there. Okay. We would t- you you hear us walk away, um, out of range of the microphone, and then you hear us sort of rush back and pick it. You know, so you, you hear the sort of those sounds of, you know, as we're picking up the equipment, and then t- then it stops because I've turned it off. Um, it wasn't the first time that there'd been a, there'd been a time anomaly um, at this location. Um, on another occasion, and this one involved my daughter, um, the, she'd come with us. Um, to, we'd gone there early, uh, late afternoon, and uh, she'd come with us. And she was, I think, she was about eight or nine at the time. And uh, the church is a rectangular building. It's about 60 feet long by 40 feet wide. 
um, made of, of, um, of stone. And uh, to try and get rid of her and wear her out a little bit, because you know, eight, eight nine year olds tend to, you know, they've mm-hmm. got more, they've got better Duracell batteries than we have. Uh, <laughs> I said to her, "See how fast you can run round the church." So she set off, and of course, she ran the long side of the church. Uh, we were stood at one corner, um, slightly away from the building, and she reappeared around the third corner um, as near as instantaneously makes any difference hmm. which meant that she must have covered the two the two sides that were, were not visible in the blink of an eye hmm. so we both you know the, the two of us looked at each other not me not not my daughter and I but uh, me and the other investigator looked at each other clearly somewhat how did she just do that then um, and sent it round again and that was normal it, she took about 40 or 50 seconds to come round to traverse the outside of the building mm-hmm. now you could explain that by saying we lost you know we lost time there um, in, in not you know as in the sense of the driver Right, we lost track. Uh, yeah, we lost track of time. We we were we were both talking to one another. We may not have noticed the passage of time. Um, but the tape with the tape recorder, uh, we didn't notice anything. But it certainly noticed something, because in the space um, of smoking a third of a cigarette, lighting and smoking a third of a cigarette, um, the recorder managed to run for twenty one minutes. So, uh, I've got to ask you, Steve, is, is when did you realize that you had 21 minutes and not two minutes? Well, when we got back to the car, because we were waiting for the storm to pass. So uh-huh. we, we were just sitting in the car. Now, I was about to raise the recording and just to, as a level check, I wanted, you know, sort of, I'll play it back out of curiosity. It's only a couple of minutes, but it'll give me an idea to check the levels because I forgot to do it earlier. Um, make sure the microphone's actually picking up okay. So I just pressed the play button instead of the... the uh, so 20 minutes hadn't passed. Curious. No, 20 minutes uh, hadn't passed, no. Okay. Um, probably within a minute or two of getting into the car. Right, so it's good. Because uh, I, I was holding it in my hand, and uh, the next job would be what my intention was, well, erase the track that we just started because there's no point in having that two minutes of nothing you know right. spoiled by the rain and i'll reset it to uh, so i'll delete the track and then start the recording when the rain passes but i thought well i'll just you know i'll just press the play button and see how loud the audio was and it didn't stop it <laughs> kept playing and we were sort of listen to it to the end um and then we, we we spent the rest of the evening at the at the church, but I'd switched SD, uh, SD cards uh, no. to, pre- to preserve the recording, right. and everything was normal after that. You know, the the evening went as 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 we expected it, with not a lot happening. Now I, I seem to recall speaking with you in the past that you also had this experience with a, a man on a bicycle. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure that was the night that Anne came on the show. Um, that was that was. We were on our way to interview a witness to a religious miracle that we were oh. investigating, mm. um, and 
several weird things that had already taken place relating to this. One of which maybe it didn't happen to us, but um, it, it, it involved a time slip for the, for, for the witness that we were on our way to interview. Um, but on this particular day, uh, this, this took place in the northwest of England when I lived up there, and to reach this, this uh, person's house, we had to go uh, down some narrow country lanes. Um, which were single vehicle passing country lanes uh, with high bank sides. So um, we were delayed by a, what what we now call a mammal, a middle-aged man in lycra. Uh, <laughs> no comment. We were pedalling along at a frustratingly slow pace, and we were already late and wearing very distinctive, brightly coloured lycra cycle clothing. And uh, we eventually... On a, on a bend, we were able to get past this, this this person and continue on our way. Only for half a mile later on the same stretch of road to encounter him again um, mm. by running up behind him. Now, we both, Anne and I, sort of looked at each other, um, shuddered a little bit, um, and as we drew past him, thought, well, he's either a twin, an identical twin, <laughs> uh, which which is one possibility, or something weird just took place. <laughs> so we don't really claim it's a time slip, but we... But it, it's it, certainly a it very has, strange it, event. Right, it has the earmarks of a time slip. Yeah, I mean, we rode up, we drove up behind the same man um, twice. twice. Who, <laughs> he may have, it may have been a twin, he may have had a doppelganger, he may have had an apparition that was just annoyed that we'd been, you know, cursing him two, two three minutes earlier and decided to get his revenge. Oh. And there we go. That's it from the dead. Or was that a time slip telling us yeah. yesterday's show? Didn't I already hear that? No. <laughs> How old anyway. you mm. So anyways, we uh we have to leave now, as you know. Uh Steve, you could if you like Steve, you can catch more of Steve and myself on Ghost Chronicles International every Tuesday at seven PM on these same stations. Uh Steve, you also have an event coming up as well? I do, February the 18th. Um, there's an event run by Curia, uh, which is a live streaming podcast with an audience. So it's held in Bristol, UK, uh, where you can get tickets and you can come along be part of the audience, join in the Q&A. Or if you can't make it to Bristol, you can join the live the live stream. The subject is uh, Borley Rectory and other famous hauntings. And it has four uh, speakers and um, artifacts and video and all manner of other stuff relating to uh, Harry Price, Borley Rectory, and some of the famous cases. So that's February the 18th. The links for that are on the Ghost Chronicles International Facebook page, somewhere if you scroll back a little ways. Oh, very good. And you also, uh, Steve is the author of uh, two books currently out now, Ghostology and uh, you know, Paracoustics. So you can find those wherever good books are sold, being sold. And like you, Ron, a third book coming out this year. Very Ooh, good. nice. Busy boys. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, Steve, we want to thank you staying up for, you know, staying up way past your bedtime. Yeah, well, welcome to uh, Thursday. Yeah. Good morning. Do you have the lottery numbers? <laughs> Do you want them? Yeah. You're in the future. I can, I can give you the Super Bowl results. <laughs> yeah, any, any good medium can give us a, a psych mm-hmm. or octopus 
a rhinoceros, a dog, or whatever it is. So Okey doke. All right. Yeah. The, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> so All anyways, right, Steve. Uh, thanks a lot. And uh, anything else you'd like to add before we kiss no, your ass goodbye? No, you can kiss my ass goodbye. Thanks, Dan. <laughs> You're welcome, Steve. Thanks for being on the show. And next week, we'll be live from EB Cam next Wednesday. With Ken DaCosta from Rise Up Paranormal. We'll be... See you then. Good night. Good night. Goalies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us good luck.